And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all the North Alabama solid conservative, just plain right. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. All thrown in just for good measure. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, you're going to be an auctioneer before uh, you know it. <laughs> apparently, I've already had my coffee. <laughs> That's uh Listen, coffee, man, the elixir of life, the nectar of the gods. It's the uh, it's the, uh, the 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 soothing aspect of caffeine that rushing yeah. through your system. Um, you're gonna have to get to these text <laughs> messages really quick before you start because this is blowing up. Yeah, it is. If by the way, if you want to text in, we'll keep taking you. Eight three three six eight seven four 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 eight. That's eight three three six eight right. Uh, Mark from Athens, uh, new on board. We appreciate you, Mark. Thanks for texting in. Says he appreciates the thoughtful monologues each day and the humor and attention we bring to the day's discussion. And he signs off with God's peace. Mark, thanks. We appreciate you being the audience. You are indeed a right side ruffian. Uh, John from Huntsville, test texting in, said, always have a great day listening to Right Side Radio. John, we appreciate you, man. Um, Danny from Decatur points out that there was a movie by John Wayne about PT boats. I'd forgotten about this. It was called They Were Expendable. Uh, so yeah, John Wayne movie about if John Wayne can make a movie about PT boats, you know they were just bad. I mean, there was some chutzpah, there was some there was some brass. So I'm just saying, John Wayne, the Duke, PT boats. What do you got? Um, David from Huntsville uh, texted in says uh, the Democrat Party has turned their back on their claimed heroes of Martin Luther King and John Kennedy. They advocate policies the opposite of what these men taught us. Content of character over color of skin, doing for your country over asking your country to do for you. Great, great text, David. And, uh, and I agree. I, I'm not so sure that John Kennedy would be a Democrat if he were to run for office today. I, I think the same man would probably run as a Republican. I, I, don't, I think he would be shocked at the, uh, uh, the Democrat Party of today. Uh, Raven from Russellville texted in and says, I look up to my Lord Jesus Christ, my parents, and John F. Kennedy because he authorized our wearing of our green beanies, the Green Berets. He says, by the way, the Green Berets, headgear, the unit is special forces, quiet professionals, hoo-ah. And he's right. So if you're not familiar, that's the other thing. The reason why the Green Berets, which were really called U.S. Army Special Forces, their nickname is the Green Berets because of their headgear. But the reason why they wear a Green Beret is because it was officially sanctioned by none other than John F. Kennedy. If you go to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, the place where they do all of the training for Green Berets, civil affairs, psychological operations, is the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center. Um, and then you've got, you know, the, uh, the, the, it's the Special Warfare Center chapel right next to it and other things all around it. But JFK is a legend. Um, so SWIC is the nickname for it, but the full name is the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center. And the reason why Green Berets, who used to wear this unsanctioned, you know, kind of rogue headgear, uh, and, and they were trying to get away with it when somebody wasn't looking, uh, that all went away. When they went out on the parade field in front of um, uh, the uh, commander-in-chief, and they, they sort of defied what they were supposed to be doing, and they wore Green Berets that day on the parade field. And they thought they were going to get busted. And the president of the United States said he liked that. And from now on, that's going to be the sanctioned headgear for special forces. And it is. Um, man, Boomer, more, more new textures coming in. I can't keep up. Um, anyway, i tell you what. Uh, those of y'all that are texting in for the very first time, we appreciate it. I see one of them's name is David. Don't know where he's from yet. And the other one, unknown. But we'll take you. Appreciate you. Thanks much. All right. Hey, let me jump into the topic for the day. So number one of the Triple Dipper. I'm calling this section, I kid you not. 
most of what I've got in my hands is right here in the United States. I've got one story that I'm going to lead off with that kind of was kind of what kicked me into this because I looked at it and thought, you know, it's almost like a woke world segment because those of y'all that are new to the show, I do this segment every once in a while. I call Adventures in Woke World. But this is like woke world, but it's all official policy decisions. And I kept I kept reading stories this morning early. I mean, I was up at like 430 this morning working on the show. And I and I, I kept finding myself thinking, oh, God, this I kid you not. That's the most awful thing I've ever heard. Hence the title for this dipper. I kid you not. Number one story from Red State. Brace yourselves, Boomer. Don't you ever bring in donuts again. No more donuts. No. No. Don't you understand? I could get secondhand diabetes from you bringing oh, me donuts. What? Yes. Come on, Stop man. Stop smoking cigars in the studio. <laughs> they get secondhand smoke. And Hooch stop, Muldoon over there. Stop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hooch Muldoon sitting on my desk right now. But anyway, um, here's the deal. Story from Red State. Have you ever caught secondhand diabetes? It seems that may be a possibility based on statements by a U.K. academic. Per a piece in The Times... University of Oxford professor Susan Jeb has a bone to pick with food or those who support it being sweetly served at work. In other words, if you're one of those, 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 those ne'er-do-wells, those awful people who dare to bring cookies and cake from the house to the break room at the office, holy smokes, the travails people have to put up with in their lives now because of you. Here's the thing. This professor, she's not just a mere educator. She is Britain's top food watchdog. She is the chair of the United Kingdom Food Standards Agency. This will be like the FDA for the United States. She is in charge of deciding food standards in their country, and her opinion is cake brought into the office is a threat to those you work with. I kid you not. So she says literally, (laughs) this is awful. What's her name? Susan Jeb? Yeah, Susan Jeb. Jeb, who is also a professor of diet and population health at the University of Oxford, um, says, We all like to think we're rational, intelligent, educated people who make informed choices the whole time, but we undervalue the impact of the environment. So what she's saying is there, your personal self-discipline has nothing to do with your personal health. It's all about what people around you do. If someone brings cake, let me suggest this to you. If you have health issues, if you're on a diet, if you're trying to moderate or just restrain yourself from too many calories or you have diabetes or some other health concern that says don't overeat, if somebody brings cake to the break room, freaking don't eat it. How about that? There you go. Personal self-discipline. How about a little self-governance? But no, she argues that like we're smoking after a long time, she says. We've got to go to a place where we understand that individuals have to make some effort around us, but that we can make their efforts more successful by having a supportive environment. Boomer, you bring those maple bacon donuts. I don't care. Oh, yes, good. <laughs> we got to have them. <laughs> maple bacon donuts, the official food of Right Side Radio. Absolutely. That and coffee. Mm. Well, mm. yeah, coffee for you. Dude. I know. I know. We've we, talked about this. We got to work on this. <laughs> I feel some right side discipline coming for you right now. I like the smell, so that's a that's a start. <laughs> okay, it's a start. <laughs> Uh, okay, I kid you not. That was an official position. Okay, anyway, let me go into the next story, though. This one, this one got some attention yesterday. I don't know if y'all saw this story. I don't think it's getting near enough attention, though. So you remember the Russia collusion? Russia, Russia, Russia. Everything was Russia. Russia collusion, 2016 election, Trump gets elected. How can this be? It must have been Russia collusion. 
and there was a Steele dossier, and there were all the things surrounding the Mueller investigation, and we had to put up with it for two years until they found the new thing to do. So, yeah, Russia, Russia, Russia. Never mind the fact that, you know, Hillary Clinton had an unsafe server in her house that was filled with classified emails and whatever, who knows what else. Never mind the fact that, you know, there was no real connection with Russia and Trump. We had to endure it with Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and the crew for two years or more. Well, guess what? If you haven't heard, and you can't make this stuff up, man. If I were to write a movie script, I don't know that I could write this into it with a straight face. Postmillennial reports breaking. FBI official who investigated Trump ties to Russia was just arrested for illegal ties to Russia. I kid you not. This is what we get when James Comey is appointing people to investigate. This is on Saturday afternoon this past weekend. Former FBI agent Charles McGonigal, who was head of the counterintelligence in the New York field office and a part of the investigation into supposed ties between Trump and Russia, was arrested over his own alleged ties to Russia. CBS reports that McGonigal was arrested because of his ties to Ole Deripaska, a Russian billionaire who has been sanctioned by the U.S. and criminally charged last year with violating those sanctions. Apparently, Business Insider reports McGonigal, the guy just arrested, was involved in the investigation into the Trump campaign's contacts with Russia during the 2016 election. We also find out that in 2021, apparently, McGonigal and another guy who was an uh, interpreter in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, some type of a court reporter or, or something who worked with the FBI named Shestikov, McGonigal and Shestikov, they agreed to help investigate a rival of their sugar daddy, Deripaska, and they got paid quite well for it, apparently. They're accused of forging signatures and receiving funds from Deripaska through shell companies, and they are now facing money laundering charges. Each of the four accounts carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. What you're looking at here, folks, is I kid you not, you can't make this stuff up. So Trump and the rest of the world, for that matter, all of us citizens of the United States had to endure Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and all of the constant berating about Russia, Russia, Russia. And now we find out that one of the lead investigators on the file was in over his head to a Russian oligarch named Ole Deripaska and was literally helping him set up files, avoid sanctions, and also, by the way, setting up his rivals for investigation by the FBI and getting paid for it on the side. That, that kind of crap, you can't make that up. I kid you not, that just broke yesterday. Okay, listen, I, I'm gonna I, I gotta run down some more. But this this is this is where we are, by the way. I mean, you have to stay on your toes because these are actually official positions. These are things that are happening in official capacities. These are statements being made by those who have official influence. I kid you not. And I'm gonna come back with one in a minute. What if you were to leave the state of Alabama, like moved, but Alabama decided after you left they wanted to tax you on what you owned? Could they do that? California's trying. We'll take a break right now. We'll come right back. I'll talk to you about the latest efforts to set up a new exit tax for the Golden State. That's ah, a little tarnished, in my opinion, the Golden State. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Boomer, I can't keep up with the text line today. So Tony from Piedmont, no way. Tony from Piedmont just sends me a bunch of emojis. I'm not sure what's going on, Tony. Um, <laughs> but uh, he does mention before that, though, he says, uh, uh, he's talking about John McCain, because I mentioned him in my monologue. Um, and, uh, and and says some things <laughs> I can't read on the air. But then he says uh, McCain's A-4 was the aircraft that dropped the rocket on the USS Forrestal's flight. I know that. I'm aware. And I don't know that it was McCain's A-4, but A-A-4 did it on, on the USS Forrestal. Um, but, uh, but yes, Tony, I'm, I'm quite aware. It doesn't mean I can't admire that John McCain and also did some things that were right. Um, uh, Graham from Meridianville. Uh, Phil, the USA has an exit tax. State are trying to mimic that tax, not... Either is constitutional, but that never stopped the left. I agree, Graham, and I'm about to get into that. This is basically taxation without representation, in my opinion. Uh, we got some new textures here. Uh, Kenneth from Hartzell. Kenneth, we're glad you're here, man. Uh, thank you much. He wants to know, too, can we arrest Schiff, Swalwell, and Pelosi? <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably not. But you know what I do enjoy is watching them getting kicked off their committees. That's just fun. Um, Bert from uh, Owens Crossroads. Says California currently has a program that follows 1031 sales forever, as far as my accountant here can tell, and uh, and I thought I'd escaped California unscathed. Well, uh, Bert, more to come, brother. But uh, listen, I think every bit of that could be challengeable in court. Um, I, I have a question about 1031 sales. If you're not familiar with 1031 sales, it involves property. I won't go into the details right now, but the end result is I have a hard time believing that they can get away with taxing you in perpetuity. Um, Colin from Decatur. Uh, he says, uh, California trying to tax people for escaping. In case you didn't know, there's some countries that are trying to secede from the state, some counties that are trying to secede from the state, create their own state because they're tired of the nonsense. What you got, buddy? Yeah, well, just a few new textures as well that's kind of already gotten lost in the mix. Just yeah. to give them a shout out is Devin from Killen, Alabama, William from Anniston, Glenda from Decatur, David from Indian Valley, Alabama. Sweet. And if I missed you, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, oh, by the way, another one just popped in yeah. at the very top. Uh, David from uh, Baton Rouge. Am I seeing that right? David from Baton Rouge? Wait, he says, David from Baton Rouge, Indian in- Valley Lake, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know where you're from, David. You're from all over the place, man. But uh, originally from Baton Rouge, I guess. Uh, Texas and clarify so we can put it down right. But um, he says, JFK advocated for a balanced budget. Um, good point. All right, hey, listen, let me jump back to the topic at hand. So uh, exit tax. Let's see if I can get this dude some justice to this. What's an exit tax? That's where they try to tax you on the way out the door. Like, hey, you're leaving? Wait a minute. We need your revenue. How about this? You got properties. You got things. You got stuff on the, you know, outside our boundaries. We want a piece of it. It happens. It's called an exit tax. Well, in California, they also call it a wealth tax. Why? Because wealthy people have holdings in other places. And they want to know what you got, and they want to see where it's at, and they want to know if they can tax it because they want the money. Well, so right now, California lawmakers, according to Fox News, story that broke yesterday, California Democrats consider a new wealth tax, including for people who have moved out of state. It says exit taxes are not new in California, but this bill includes provisions to create contractual claims tied to the assets of wealthy taxpayers who don't have cash to pay their annual wealth tax bill, even if those assets involve things they would not normally be able to touch or reach. So California's Franchise Tax Board literally believes that it can reach out and grab you if you've moved away from the state 
and they think they can tie some asset to something they should have been able to see back in the day. Hey, how dare you leave? We're going to investigate you. And if we find something, guess what? We're going to send you a bill. That's not the way it works, fellas. That's not the way it works at all. And oh, by the way, maybe, just maybe, they left in part because of this. I've got a friend who moved here, she and her husband from San Diego. And by the way, San Diego is a cool place. I like San Diego. I used to live out there for a period of time in California. But, but all said and done, I asked my friend one time, I said, what made y'all move to Alabama? Because they had no, no true connection. She had one family member here. They came for a visit, loved it, decided, you know what, we're moving. She said they literally packed everything up in the U-Hauls, and they were moving here, and they thought about putting a sign on the back of the U-Haul that said, farewell to California. And I asked her, I said, what, what made you move here? She said two words, finances and freedom. They could afford to live here much better than they could in California, and they had the ability to make choices of their own without being raked over the coals for it. Well, listen, I love California. All you, and by the way, that's our second biggest podcast audience. We have, we have a ton of people, and we're, we're over 110,000, I would think, right now, Boomer, aren't we? Yeah, we are. 110,000-plus downloads. Second biggest audience we have comes from California. So, hey, Californians, we love you. Hang on. We're coming. But the reality is this. California is making its people's life more difficult unnecessarily. Why? Because liberals have the say-so. And they are taxing people into oblivion. So right now, California lawmakers are pushing legislation that would impose a new tax on the state's wealthiest residents, even if they've already moved to another part of the country. A bill introduced last week in the state legislature would impose an extra 1.5% on those who have what they call a, quote, worldwide net worth above $1 billion starting as early as next year. This is nuts. And by the way, I would say this. And a moment ago, I had somebody text in about that 1031 uh, exchange of whether or not they're trying. I think it was Colin from Decatur, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no, maybe Bert from Owens Crossroads. Yep, it was Bert from Owens Crossroads. I would challenge this on a variety of legal levels, not the least of which is the fact that this is taxation without representation. You're no longer there, and they still don't think they, they, still think they can tax you. Taxation without representation, number one. Number two, I believe they could also look at this as being retrospective. They want to tax you for something the law didn't allow them to tax you on back when you had it, and they're, in their, in, and they're going to reach across state lines now, find you, and say the law is now retrospective? How about no? That's not, we're not going down that road. Well, listen, uh, a wealth tax like this is what drives people away. They think they can make $22.5 billion off of this. So they can do things like social programs, says the bill sponsor. Ah, I got news. All you're going to do is lower the population base of California. That's what you're going to do. All right, folks, we got more of this. I kid you not, these are official positions. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back.
right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national. We cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, yep, solid conservative and just plain right. I'm finishing up this segment. I say finishing up. We got a few more minutes here. Uh, of number one of the Triple Dipper, I'm calling this section, I kid you not, because these are official happenings. These are things that that occur in someone's official capacity or as an official statement or policy position, and you look at it and go, what? That's, what do you, who, who advises you? I kid you not. These stories are real. Here's one, Daily Wire reports, as of uh, two days ago, President Biden to sign a memorandum to ensure, ensure, to make positively certain that people can have access to abortion pills. This is a priority, apparently, to the president making sure we kill as many babies as possible. It's absolutely necessary, by the way. Don't, don't, t- t- hey, that whole southern border thing, put that out of your mind right now. We got to get abortion pills in the hands of everybody who wants one. You know what I'm saying? That's important business. I kid you not. President Biden will issue a presidential memorandum on Sunday, which allegedly he did, to protect access to abortion pills to mark the 50 years since Roe v. Wade was decided. Well, there's an anniversary that we all should aspire to have in our lexicon of personal holidays. I mean, for the love. Vice President Kamala Harris announced the memorandum during remarks on Sunday, which, by the way, I'm going to get to in just a minute. Because anytime Kamala Harris goes to the microphone, I get one of those I kid you not moments. (laughs) I kid you not. So the FDA made a policy update, which some people have taken issue with, earlier this month to allow retail pharmacies to become certified to distribute abortion medications, including by telehealth. Okay, here's the bottom line. We have a thing called the Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. It's a part of the Bill of Rights. It mandates that certain certain powers not otherwise enumerated to the federal government are thereby devolved to the states. That we have a right, that we even have a duty, if you will, as states to protect the sovereignty of our state borders and the well-being of our, our, our citizens. And when we do that, we do it through legislative and executive action at the state level. That's why we have a state legislature in Montgomery that I was proud to be a part of for eight years. That's why they actually pass laws at the state level. And, oh, by the way, Alabama is a pro-life state. So 22 attorneys general, one of which is ours, uh, Attorney General Steve Marshall, have now said that they're going to fight the issue of us being a pro-life state by law. And that they're going to mail abortion pills to people in our state. Listen, if you, need to, if you need to kill a baby that bad, then, then the, the access is not totally gone from you. You may just have to travel a little bit. You may have to go somewhere. This is not supposed to be a fast food line. This is not supposed to be quick food. This is not supposed to be sound bites. This is supposed to be something that should be a difficult life decision. And if you have to drive a little further and think about it while you do, well, I'm okay with that. 
Oh, Phil. Oh, it's don't you understand? It's it's you're 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 demeaning women. No, I'm preserving life. I really believe it. And the idea that President Biden, I kid you not, would say that he is going to um, direct the secretary. Here's a quote: Direct the Secretary of Health and Human Services, in consultation with the Attorney General and the Secretary of Homeland Security, what, to consider new guidance to support patients, providers, and pharmacies who wish to. And here's the word: legally access, prescribe, or provide mifepristone, which is an abortion pill, no matter where they live. The fact sheet says. Okay, if you're violating state sovereignty to do it, and the the Dobbs decision by the Supreme Court of the United States said that states have a sovereign right to make determinations within their own selves as to abortion laws in their state, well, then you're not in providing a legal access if you mail it where it's not supposed to be. Attorney General Steve Marshall's got his hands full on this one. Hey, Boomer, you got that sound clip? So I got a sound clip here. You give me the thumbs up when you're good. Um, so, yeah, Vice President Kamala Harris, she did go down to Florida this weekend to uh, deliver remarks on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade because she's the border czar and there's nothing to do down there right now. So why not go talk about abortion and, you know, basically quote or misquote the Declaration of Independence? So literally Kamala Harris, who, by the way, has a law degree who was the attorney general of the state of California and who, by the way, had a teleprompter telling her what to say, totally chose, in my opinion, chose to leave out during her remarks on abortion the fact that the Declaration of Independence allows a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Listen, by the way, trigger alert, I realize she's one of the worst public speakers I've ever listened to. It's hard for me to listen to her. I'm sure it's hard for some of y'all. Brace yourselves. Boomer, play her comments. We collectively believe and know. Stop. Just stop right now. Just stop. I didn't brace myself. God, that was was a soulless harpy right there grabbing a microphone and just, okay, start it over. Go ahead, start. We collectively believe and know America is a promise. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear, these rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. And it is that freedom and liberty that enabled generations of Americans to chart their own course. Stop, just stop, just stop, just stop. Have you noticed, by the way, Boomer, she can only read three words at a time on the uh, teleprompter? Very few. And then she does that dramatic pause. Yes. Well, the dramatic pause is where she's trying to find the next word. <laughs> that's, 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 that's because I, I bet it's all in all caps on her teleprompter. And then she has to look again. And you can see, by the way, in the video, she's using the teleprompter. And you can see, by the way, she'll say three words and then she'll 
have the pause and she'll look back at the teleprompter to make sure she knows the next wrong word to say. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, aside from her inability to give effective public speeches, um, the thing that gets me in this, the thing that's on my story here, Post Millennial has the story. Kamala Harris omits Americans' right to life from the Declaration of Independence during her abortion speech. She literally, if you caught it, she literally said, America is a promise, a promise that was made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed, in her words, with the right to liberty and pursuit of happiness, except that it should be the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. She is willing, as an attorney, as a former attorney general, as the vice president of the United States, to literally change the verbiage of the Declaration of Independence in order to fit her agenda. And don't tell me this is an accident because she's using a teleprompter on a pre-planned speech that was designed to be this way. She did not want to use the word life while talking about abortion because she knows it'll backfire on her. So why they chose to insert that, I don't even know. But what I find to be offensive here is, I kid you not, this is an I kid you not moment, is the vice president of the United States is literally revising the verbiage of the Declaration of Independence to fit her, her, her needs, and the teleprompter she was using is where she was getting the verbiage. Have I got a caller on the line? I do. I'm just, I'm just over here. I'm just over here opining. Let me grab the phone real quick. Is that Brian? Brian from Huntsville. How you doing, buddy? Indeed. Well, but I wanted, <laughs> she left out something else there too. What's that? As far as we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator yes. with certain un- and unalienable, unalienable rights. So she left that out too, just in case it's reference to a God or a higher power. Wow. Brian, thank you for clarifying, brother. Appreciate that. That was, that was spot on. You too, buddy. He's right. That is the verbiage. Endowed by their creator with the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, she left that out too. Um, okay, listen. Am I going to get through these? I don't know that I am. I guess I will when we get back from the break. Let's go ahead and take the break right now. I'll come right back. So I kid you not. That's your vice president. I kid you not. There are things being done to crush the the very livelihoods of doctors who didn't go with the COVID narrative. And but yeah, here's the thing I want to ask you though. What about service members who lost their jobs because of COVID? Are they having to pay back their bonuses? Oh Lord, I'll tell you when we get back. I kid you not, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Hey, listen, um, finishing this piece up, if I kid you not. So, you know, we finally won the battle against the mandated COVID vaccines. You know, Congress, I think the last nail in the coffin, largely speaking, was Congress uh, uh, getting the, the, the vaccine mandate for the military repealed. Big doings. 
I mean, we've we fought the OSHA battle. We fought the uh, the federal contractors battle. We fought the you know the, the the first responders battle. We fought the vaccine passports battle. We fought the idea of you know masking your kids battles. And there's still battles going on here, there, and the other. And uh, you know, of course, they're also trying to bring some of them back. But 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 for the purposes of this discussion, the last major vestige of the um, just absolutely inane vaccine mandates that were being forced on society were in our U.S. military, crushing recruiting, uh, destroying morale, ending careers. Now we find a new wrinkle. Story here on Fox News, January 24th, that would be today. Service members forced to pay back their signing bonuses after being fired over the COVID vaccines. One calls it a kick in the face. So let me just let me just say as a as a former you know army officer myself and as an attorney in civilian life I have dealt with the idea of you know forced vaccinations I've told you that I've been on medication before that the army mandated that I take that wound up just wrecking me for a while uh, I told you that my dad also uh, died from agent orange exposure so I, I understand that there's times we do certain things and the and military says here's where it's going to be and it can have deleterious health effects on the individual and we have to find out about it later. We're finding out about this now. We're also finding out that it was an emergency use authorization and we're also finding out, by the way, there's very little efficacy because maybe it mitigates some circumstances, but it sure doesn't stop transmission. So why are we ruining careers over this? And oh, by the way, there's also a thing called religious freedom and they were blanket denying people's requests for religious accommodations Never mind the fact that the law requires them to give a case-by-case review for those who request the accommodation. It was just, it was just, the whole thing was just jacked up. It was, it was a, a level of jackassery that we have not seen in, in, in decades. I kid you not, here's the latest. U.S. service members who were fired for refusing to comply with the Pentagon's COVID-19 vaccine mandates are now being forced to pay back their original recruiting bonuses, which they tell Fox News Digital is a kick in the face after years of dedicating their lives to protecting the country. One former soldier who was fired for refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine last May told Fox News Digital he would have to pay back his original signing bonus upon termination because he didn't complete his entire contract. He signed up for a six-year contract. He got a $7,000 signing bonus. He fell short by, uh, I forgot, like by two years. They're going to make him pay back at least 4000 of it. Never mind the fact that he spent two tours downrange and, and, you know, and, and went in harm's way on behalf of the United States. They're going to say, you didn't finish your contract. And he'll say, I wanted to finish my contract, but you wouldn't give me a religious accommodation. I'm saying as an attorney, he was facing what the law might call a material change in circumstances that caused a novation in his contract. And what that basically means is everything you signed up for got changed. I mean, you didn't sign up to lose your constitutional rights, and freedom of religion is one of them. So the push by the Pentagon now to recoup signing bonuses for fired service members comes after President Biden signed the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act. But Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin signed a memo that will update records, remove letters of reprimand, but it does not deal with pay issues. It has nothing to do with back pay for those who are fired, uh, and it also has nothing to do with whether or not the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, any member of the service of the Department of Defense, can, they can just recoup from you that which they paid you in advance. Um, Congress is going to have to get involved again. You can tell. Someone's going to wind up having to get a nasty gram from a congressional review committee. Someone's going to wind up having to back off. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to become a, a campaign issue for the 2024s. 
uh, if the Biden administration doesn't get their act together. There's that. I kid you not. That's an official policy. Oh, you signed up to join the military. Thank you for going to war. We're pleased with your sir. You didn't take the shot. What do you mean you want to? What do you mean your, your faith causes us to come into question? Can you justify that? Well, we don't think you can justify it well enough for us, so we're getting rid of you. Thank you, specialist. Thank you, sergeant. Thank you, lieutenant. Um, your career's over. Oh, wait a minute. We paid you some money. You said you would serve for six years. I wanted to serve for six years. Ah, oh, you didn't serve for six years, though. So we're going to go ahead and take that money back. Unreal. I kid you not. It's an official policy. Last one I got before we hit the break. There's still a war being waged against doctors who did not go with the COVID narrative. Daily Caller has a piece that came out over the weekend. It says, two years of one-party rule in Washington are finally over, and the new Republican House majority must now restore balance through vigorous oversight. And the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Federal Government, that's one of the new watchdog uh, committee subcommittees that was formed by the Republican majority, the Weaponization of Federal Government, is expected to focus on allegations of things like collusion between social media companies and yada yada, but this article is calling for them to also expand their focus to the use of COVID to wage war against doctors. Even down to the extent that not only was there a narrative being pushed by the CDC, by the NIH, by some liberal state officials to not allow you to even talk about things like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, those were being shouted down by as false news narratives. Well, now we even have places like we're in state law, like in California. California has a new law beginning this month that empowers state agencies to disbar medical professionals who deviate from the party line. Governor Gavin Newsom called it the called California the true freedom state. And yet scores of residents and its doctors are now fleeing for places like Florida and Texas. And I'll be honest with you, come on to Alabama. We got a lot of folks that live here, too. Welcome to the free state of Alabama where you can practice medicine in accordance with the Hippocratic Oath and the tenets of your your profession under the rules of professional conduct without somebody saying, you're not allowed to talk like that, doctor. You're not allowed to go down that road. Just don't do an abortion. (laughs) But, But the bottom line is this. If you want to come here and treat your patients in accordance with the laws, we're not going to tell you your license is going to be threatened because you didn't meet a narrative. And that's what's happening. And so I kid you not, that's an official policy. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to put a lid on that one, brother. Boomer, that dipper one in the can. Nice. Perfect timing. The music that was started. Perfect timing. I mean, like right on the money. The it's pa- like you've done this before. The- <laughs> Like the pastor hears the music playing, he knows the sermon is over. All right, we're going to switch gears. We're coming right back. We're updating you on the paper chase with classified documents. What's next? Oh, boy. I got some new stuff. We'll be right back.